Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu. Hi, this is Owen O'Brien, star of Never Back Down, No Surrender. I played Cobra O'Connor, and you're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. My guest today is stuntman and actor Owen O'Brien, who you might recognize from a memorable fight with Michael Jai White in Never Back Down, No Surrender. Owen O'Brien, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Thank you for having me. So, Owen, I was introduced to you uh, on Instagram. We connected there, and uh, there was a video that you posted. So I just want to get this out of the way because it, the, the video still blows me away. Uh, you posted a clip of a fight scene with you and Tony Ja, where he launches a kick at your face and... I, I don't know how the stunt game works, but I, I assume that most people will pretend to get hit and roll with it. But you take that full boot to the face. Uh, so the the big question is, why? <laughs> what were you thinking? And uh, can you tell me about that scene and how long it took for you to remember your name after that hit? <laughs> okay, well, there's a very, very short list of people that I would allow kick me in the face. And... Uh, <laughs> Tony Jai is at the top of the list. So if Tony Jai wants to kick me in the face, you know, he's a legend. I'm trying to be where he is. He can do it all day. You know, that was one of three or four big impacts we did uh, on that scene. And actually, I was standing in for Scott Adkins oh, for man. that. Unfortunately, we didn't get to any casting opportunity for that role. Everything was cast by the time it had come to Thailand already. So you got to get in where you fit in and... You know, I much prefer being on the acting side, being a, an actor in a film, but just to get on set and be around uh, Tony Ja and to see Michael Jai White again. It was the first time we connected since Never Back Down and Scott Adkins. And also I was doubling for Michael Bisping. So on that actual job, I was doubling for Scott Adkins and Michael Bisping. And that was a fight scene between Tony Ja and Scott Adkins. So I was... Glad to step in for Scott and take the big hits that the insurance company probably wouldn't have allowed him to take. <laughs> now, that uh, impact looked pretty severe. I mean, I still watch that video from time to time when I come across it. And the the impact connects and then there's all this sweat and spit and I don't know what else that flies off of you. How hard was that connection? Well, he hit me a good one. I'm not going to lie. He hit me a good one. but And everybody was ra racing to me, including uh stunt coordinator tim mann right after the connection and looking me in my eyes to see if i was still with it to see if i was still groggy but no i took it well i come from muay thai right so i'm used to sparring hard and i'm used to getting hit in the face and you know Oof. trying to keep keep yourself on your feet after getting hit in the face is the name of the game so for me it wasn't really a big hit it did look good Tony Jaa has a lot of control and precision with his power. Wow. And also, disclaimer, he did have a little foam padding underneath the boot. So it wasn't <laughs> as if it was like a, a Timberland boot, a sharp, jagged edge rubber. There was a little foam underneath to, to soften the blow a little bit. Wow. Okay. Well, then let's let's get into that. Uh, give me a little bit of introduction to who you are. I know you're Irish, born and bred. You've got that great bro going on. Um, now, while Ireland has produced a lot of great traditional boxers, uh, I'm not all that well aware of that many martial artists coming from there. So 
when you were growing up there, was martial arts much of a, a thing? It wasn't really. I mean, this, it's sort of a subculture. I kind of tended to lean towards uh, fringe sports here in Ireland. I played mm. basketball when it wasn't big. And uh, also before that, um, I was into martial arts. And yeah, I just fell in love with it at an early age. And even at that time, you wouldn't really connect boxing with the martial arts. It was kind of two separate things because MMA hadn't really developed uh, mm. at that point or become uh, a thing even at that point. I was, I was a young man. I was a seven, eight-year-old when I started uh, doing karate at my local gym. So, yeah, what happened was I just uh, found it through the video store <laughs> and just fell in love with it through film. That's cool. Were, were there some favorite films that got you started? I mean, what, what drew you to the whole martial arts scene to begin with? Well, the first one was a video of The Karate Kid. Oh, wow. And it's funny because I, I met Mike Swick in Thailand, and I asked him the same question one time, and he was the same thing. Him and his brother had watched The Karate Kid, and that's how they got put onto the martial arts. So there's probably a load of 80s kids that were all put onto martial arts through Daniel LaRusso, Mr. Miyagi. Right, right. But after I watched Karate Kid, then I would go to my local video store and every video store in the area and search out every single martial art film I could find, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You sure. know, you have your your ninja films, your <laughs> classic Shaw Brother films, which I really love. Yeah. yeah, I could just, whatever I could get my hands on. And then particularly when I found the Bruce Lee films, became obsessed with Bruce Lee. Next thing you know, my wall is covered in, in Bruce Lee posters, uh, like a shrine to Bruce Lee. And yeah, really through through Bruce Lee, I really kind of fell in love with martial arts. And I always wanted to study Kung Fu to be like Bruce Lee, but didn't have that opportunity in my neighborhood. So it was the local karate club where I started to train. Nice, nice. Now, and your story is a fascinating one. Uh, I was uh, reading through some interviews that, that you did with some Irish newspapers. It's a, a fascinating look at, at a guy kind of taking chances and then serendipity playing a hand because... At, at some point, you kind of picked up roots and went from Ireland to Thailand, which somehow eventually led to stunting and acting. Can you tell me how that all came about? Okay, well, uh, when I started playing basketball at age 10, then the martial arts kind of went on the back burner, and I mm. became obsessed with basketball. I was mm. playing basketball all day, every day, and I rose to the top of my, my age group. Uh, I was one of the good, really top players from my, from my age. I played Irish under 13, under 16, under 18, so I was on my national team eventually earning a scholarship to the States uh, okay. where I played in a small JUCO in Southern Illinois mm -hmm. and then a Division II school in Southern Indiana. Anyway, after the basketball career in America had finished, I came back and ended up playing some pro and semi-pro in some small leagues in Europe, in Ireland, in Spain. And then at 30, that was kind of time to find something else. <laughs> and uh, I took a holiday in Thailand completely fell in love with the country it's just a beautiful place i was mesmerized by what i saw over there and at the end of the trip uh the buddy who i'd gone to visit had said hey he was working in a an international school and he said come back and, and i'll get you a job and you can coach basketball here at this international school so that's how i ended up in thailand and as soon as i got to thailand i started training muay thai so that was one of the big pulls one of the big draws to get me to to go and live over there was the fact that I really wanted to, to study Thai boxing. And so once I got there, I'd finish work and I'd go and I'd train Muay Thai every day, eventually having four professional fights, two in Lumpini Stadium, two in my, in my local gym. And 
it was at my Muay Thai gym where people came in looking for a big uh, phalang, which means foreigner in <laughs> Thai, a big phalang bad guy for a Thai production of a film called Fireball 2, which uh, Fireball begins. Fireball is a combination of basketball and Muay Thai, like a hybrid sport. <laughs> so it, it was almost like destiny. It couldn't have been a more perfect combination. That's excellent. Unfortunately, I didn't know at the time because of the language barrier. They didn't have the budget for a full feature. So I ended up just shooting a teaser. But that was kind of like my crash course to action cinema. I remember the first shot, not really knowing how to do anything and not mm. really knowing how to react. I was kind of very much just learning on set as we were shooting. But I got the hang of it very quickly. And one job led to another, to another. And uh, actually, my second or third job was uh, in Kill em All with the legendary Gordon Liu. So it just grew from there. I just tried to keep pursuing it and getting a job as, uh, in, in action cinema as much as I could. And it, it grew and grew. And yeah, I did well. That's awesome. Uh, let's talk about that. Uh, you went from, you know, from the hardwood to uh, the Hollywood and, and you worked with Kung Fu film legend Gordon Liu. That must have been kind of mind-blowing because you you were a fan, obviously, of Kung Fu films, Shaw Brothers uh, being uh, among that collection. So what was it like to work with Gordon Liu, who was, to, to many of us growing up with in the Kung Fu era, was the master killer? I mean, he was the, the top of the pyramid. Right. Well, I had watched and loved all those films uh, from the video store as a child, like I said, but then it was reintroduced to popular culture through the Wu-Tang Clan. Right. And then we were almost trying to find every single film where one soundbite or one sample was taken from a, a Ghostface Killer song or from right. a RZA song <laughs> or from, you know, the 36 Chamber album. We'd try and find that film and watch that. So then when I when I found out that I was uh, going to play with Gordon Liu, it really was kind of just like mind-blowing. I couldn't believe I couldn't wait to tell my friends back home. And uh, it was really – I felt really blessed and – just really fortunate to have that opportunity to, to work with such a legend so early on, straight away almost in, in my career. Now, are you fluent in Thai? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm 100% fluent. I can speak fine now. I've been there nine years. The Thai people think I can speak very well. I can get by. I would say I'm partially fluent, but you know, philosophical conversations or some of more <laughs> difficult vo vocabulary would be a little bit difficult for me because I never studied. I just kind of picked it up bit by bit, saying by saying, and then eventually piecing things together. I was lucky enough to be able to hear the tones, which a lot of people, especially some American people, they can't differentiate between the five different tones. So okay. uh, the Thai people would say I have good uh, pronunciation. They would say, which means <laughs> you speak very skillfully. Wow. Um, now, how long have you lived there now? It's been nine years now since uh, last September. That's about as immersive an experience of learning the language as you can get, I would think. Exactly. The only thing that would help me is learning, you know, to learn the alphabet, learning to read and write. That's what that would be. That's what I need to do to go to the next level. But uh, I'm getting by just fine. Just uh, speaking the Thai people respect the effort when you can speak yeah. Thai. They respect it when, when, you, when you can pronounce it well. And, uh, you know, it, it helps a lot day to day. Yeah, uh, I'm Asian. I'm Filipino. I, but I was actually born in Laos. Apparently, uh, when I was younger, I was able to speak Laotian. I, I can't remember any of it, but um, it, that's one of those things where uh, I wish I had retained some of that. Um, and uh, you know, you're getting an experience to to speak a, a language that is worlds apart from where you grew up, which I think is great. 
Right. I mean, I, I always wanted to speak a second language. I studied five years of French in, in high school, but never used it. So it kind of just evaporated out of my mind almost <laughs> right. immediately. We, we studied Irish in, in all throughout school, but it's not really spoken. It's only spoken in very certain small areas of the country. So I didn't really get to re keep any of that. But I was very happy to kind of be able and I made an extra effort to pick it up. And, and that's why I, I had a good result with that. While you were there, you got into the whole Bangkok film industry. How is that industry different from Hollywood? Uh, you know, are the processes the same? Are the timelines the same? Is it vastly different or are you doing kind of the same thing just in, in different locales? Well, we have some Hollywood features that come over to shoot with us. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there's not as many as we would like. So it's kind of like one or two big, big time Hollywood films per year. The good side is I'm at the top of the, the heap when it comes to casting for that. Great. Whereas in Hollywood, you'd be one of a million, maybe. Mm, mm -hmm. the, bad, the bad side is that it's not enough to be a full-time career there, you okay. know? Uh, so I was lucky enough last July to be cast to play in The Last Full Measure, starring uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Ed Harris, William Hurt, and it's a, a war drama, a, Viet a Vietnam movie film. So every once in a while, you get an opportunity to work on something huge like that or like Mechanic Resurrection, which right. I shot, I believe, three years ago uh, from, from right now, from Christmas three years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but other than that, there's a lot of smaller productions, a lot of independent films. And uh, yeah, budgets are smaller, obviously, for those kind of films and shot quicker. For example, I did a couple of... Uh, Movies where the whole thing was shot in 11 days. Oh, uh, wow. Or, or two weeks. Yes. Even on uh, Never Back Down or Surrender, I think the whole thing was shot in 18 days. Oh, really? I didn't know the timeline was so compressed. Yeah. Well, I mean, they might shoot a little bit in America before they come here, but mm. they plan it out uh, so that, you know, it's in and out, keep costs down. And, right. uh, you know, each extra day is adding huge amounts of expense to your budget. So, right. They work you hard, and you gotta <laughs> you gotta get things done quicker, you know. But if there's a big fight scene or something like that, obviously it's workshopped and, and uh, rehearsed beforehand. All right. Well, speaking of that, you've worked with obviously Michael Jai White in that movie. You've worked with Jason Statham, Scott Atkins. You're saying Michael Bisping, Tony Jaws, some great people to be working with. What kind of roles are you personally going after? Are you looking for more? action roles or uh, more of the diverse roles that uh, will take you from, you know, character to character? I would love to do more roles like Cobra O'Connor in, in Never Back Down, No Surrender. It was very well received. It had over 22 million views on, on Michael Jai White's Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And I think jobs like that will will help me get into, you know, other other projects. But at the same time, in, over the last two years, I've started to study... Uh, method acting. I found a good coach in Bangkok named uh, Thierry Blue, and we sort of got together and I gathered a group of up-and-coming actors, so we've been doing uh, monthly master classes. So I'm really looking to develop the acting side, and I would really like to do more drama uh, in, in a variety of, of diverse roles. I'm, I'm open to doing anything in other genres, like drama, comedy, sci-fi. I'd, I'd like to do it all, really. And your Instagram is a, a great showcase for a lot of the stuff you're doing. You've got some great 
commercial work in there. Uh, one of the the most recent ones is uh, you and um, I think Daniel Gan in a in a boxing ring where you just kind of apparently you got thrown in there and were just told to beat each other to a pulp for the commercial. <laughs> yeah, these kind of things can happen in Thailand sometimes. So. <laughs> Uh, you show up on set, you put on the, and it was a nice set, you know, they had the lights, they have beautiful cameras, they have everything there to, to shoot something good, but they don't have a stunt coordinator. And they just say, okay, go, fighting, go. And we're like, huh? So me and Daniel, we, we spoke and uh, I basically said, okay, let's do this, this and this and then, and, and, you know, not make it look, uh, you know, terrible. So <laughs> yeah, we basically ended up, um, figuring out the choreography ourselves and uh, yeah I kind of didn't get a credit for that but yeah kind of basically choreograph very simple thing but just just using my experience to make sure that we looked uh, as good as we could uh, in in the opportunity you know ah, it was really well done I thought the, the fight looked really great uh, some great slow motion sequences there and uh, the, Im- the impacts looked fantastic yeah well I let him hit me for real so that's <laughs> oh, of why course, of course you did <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's why you know because he, they wanted the, they really wanted that slow-mo I think it, they had a 50 frames or even 100 frames slow, super slow-mo uh, some kind of a red camera and uh, yeah it had, to, it had to hit me because they wanted that that sweat falling off my face they wanted the spit coming out of my mouth so you know he had gloves on so it, do- yeah. it doesn't hurt with gloves sure really you know and- well it doesn't hurt you with gloves i would pass out i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> well he didn't go fu- he didn't go full full tilt you know but uh yeah we worked it out and it was safe and it was just a little slap across the face with gloves you know <laughs> i'm used to that Right. Well, then speaking of that, what do you think about the the state of action cinema and martial arts films today? Are you encouraged? Are you discouraged? Um, again, from the kung fu era, where the actors were really into it and they knew what they were doing, and uh, the camera was pulled way back to show it. That's a very different style of filmmaking than the kind of stuff that you see today. So, what do you think of the state of the uh, the cinema today? I always like when it comes to martial art films, Asian martial art films. Were all, was always the best, you know. the The choreography was always more beautiful, and um, I was always would always have preferred to watch a Shaw Brothers film than a John Claude film, or mm-hmm. a Bruce Lee film than a John Claude film. I still watch the John Claude films, and sure. I watch whatever I could, but I always preferred the Asian action films. And you know, Hollywood took note, and the perfect fusion is when we have something like The Matrix, mm. where we have a choreographer like Yun Wu Ping come in and use his martial arts and, and action choreography knowledge and skill and blend it with Hollywood uh, production value and acting, and you have a masterpiece like The Matrix that can totally revolutionize cinema and blow everybody's minds. Um, as far as now, right now, I think Donnie Yen is probably the one who's doing some of the greatest you know, pure martial art films with the, with the Ip Man movies. Mm-hmm. As far as Westerners, you know, Scott Adkins is doing his thing. He has his niche with, with Boyaka and the Undisputed films. Right. So, yeah, it could be better. You know, I think it's, it's when, when you see something like The Kingsman. Yeah. Something like that. When you, when you, when you take the best of both worlds and, and put them together, I think it's, it's a great result. Yeah. Now, one of your colleagues, Jason Satham, he recently did an interview where he thought that uh, stunt performers – should get Oscars for the work that they do that make the actors look really good. What do you think about that? Well, I would agree. Yeah, it's kind of an unsung job. You know, you don't 
they don't get the credit they deserve. It's uh, they're risking their lives. People have died. There's recently uh, I know of one female uh, stunt woman who used to work in Thailand quite a bit, and she had a terrible accident on a bike. You know, your heart goes out to somebody who who risks everything for the movie like that, and ultimately pays a really big price. But yes, yeah, stunts don't get the credit they deserve, and uh, I would be open to you know and would approve of them getting some kind of greater sense of recognition an oscar or i think i believe they have their own sort of stunt uh, awards they because do, that's yeah. the thing how do you classify uh, there's such a variety in in stunt work where you know there's falls and explosions and there's driving work and it's almost completely different than doing a, a martial arts scene or an action a fight scene you know so uh, the only thing would that be how would you classify you would have to break it down they would almost need several different stunt awards mm. in, the, in the Oscars, you know? Yeah. Now, you're familiar with a bunch of that stuff. Again, going off of some of the things that you post on Instagram, you, you've run through walls, you've jumped off of things, you, but you've also done the fight scenes and stuff. So when you started to get into that business, knowing full well that you were going to put yourself in harm's way all the time, at any point did you go, what am I doing? If it was a sense where I felt it wasn't safe, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. If, you know, I, I don't work on any crappy productions. I don't work on Indian films, which some stunt people do in, in Bangkok. I'm only going to do it if I feel that it's safe and it's, uh, you know, safer. I'm not going to risk my life, basically. Right. I don't do too much of the, the actual stunts. If you look at my IMDb, I have, uh, I think, maybe 23 actor credits right. and I only have three stunt credits. So right, I'm right. predominantly an actor who can do stunts. It's just kind of like a, an extra skill that I have. I don't market myself as a stuntman for the very reason that we were just <laughs> speaking, that they don't get respect, you know? So um, if there was ever a sense where I was like, uh, this is crazy, I just wouldn't do it, you know? Yeah. And uh, some of the stuff that, uh, well, at, at least the, the one piece that I saw, you uh, kind of running through the room and then you dove through a wall for something. Um, and uh, again, I was just amazed at the impact and the uh, the punishment that you decided to put on, <laughs> put yourself through. Yeah, well, they have mats. That was, a, that was again, triple threat, the upcom- upcoming Tony Jaa, Tiger Chen, Scott Adkins, Michael Jai White film. Okay. So... I didn't get an acting role in that. I was upset that I didn't even get to cast for anything, but uh-huh. that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. But I got on the set. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to show my hunger. And, you know, maybe the next time the same group rolls around, they'll remember me and, and maybe I'll get elevated or get a chance to do some uh, character work or, a, you know, like a, a fight, yep. fighter type yeah. character rather than just being a double. But, you got to get in where you fit in, and it was still a job. And just to be on there talking with Tony Ja and Michael Bisping, it was it was an honor, you know. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, what kind of stuff are you working on right now? Is is there something that you're you're involved with that uh, is taking up much of your time right now? Well, first and foremost is my acting training. Mm, okay. Uh, which is like twice a week, uh, four hour classes of of method acting, and you have to do a lot of. Pre- preparation for that and it's hard work and you have to use real emotions and real memories and it's a lot of stuff that you would bury deep down inside you have to bring it up and you have to deal with it and and use those reactions that you get emotionally and and harness it and be able to harness it on command which is which is a challenge and it takes years of study so that right now is my um, primary 
focus is becoming a better actor and improving my my ability to to play dramatic roles and to be vulnerable mm. instead of just being the hard man all the time. I remember the first few master classes, my uh, acting coach was getting my ass about not being a tough guy and, and that people <laughs> want to see sensitivity and people want to see vulnerability and people want to see humanity and not just the Superman all the time, you know? So it's kind of, you spend your life learning to be tough and learning to be strong and not letting things affect you. And then when you decide to become an actor, you have to let things affect right, you. Right. So it's, it's kind of a contradiction, but that's what really what I'm working on right now. And at the same time, I'm studying uh, filmmaking and I have two short films in production right now, which has been such a learning curve, learning to, you know, I, I wrote, I directed, I starred in, I did the action choreography for my first short film, which is called Netfights. Oh, nice. And it's, uh, you can see some stuff on my Instagram about that. And it's about uh, an online fighting application. It's kind of like Facebook meets Fight Club and, and how one uh, aging fighter uses it to gain um, notoriety while his girlfriend is bugging him to quit fighting and get out of the game. So he's, he's got a conflict there. And then I also have a, a sci-fi short film about a guy who is uh, fleeing a post-apocalyptic dystopian future uh, in a virtual world where he falls in love with uh, an artificial intelligence and he tries to stay in the, in the virtual world full-time. So I have those two uh, projects in development so far. They're both about 20 minutes each. They're short films, and that's what I'm kind of working every day to finish those two things. Uh, those sound cool. Now, um, going back to the acting training that you're doing, uh, you're talking about uh, shedding that Superman aura about you, but you're not exactly built like a Clark Kent. You are built like Superman, so... <laughs> Um, the, the physique has to, to play uh, a part in, in all that, uh, when, when people meet you and, uh, and, and make those first impressions. But, um, what is it, uh, that you do to, to maintain that physique? Cause you know, I, I try to stay in shape. That's not easy, brother. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a daily, just part of my daily routine. And it started just being, uh, doing strength and conditioning training for basketball, and then when basketball stopped, I could lower the cardio and I could bulk up a little bit. And You, you did more than I bulk know, up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know that a lot of my early roles were, you know, the physique gets, you, gets your foot in the door. Mm -hmm. You know, the physique is the first thing they see and they want that strong look. They want that muscularity and it makes you stand out from the crowd. So that was important uh, and it's important to, to have that look and – but. Also, not to rely on it sure. to, to, to choose uh, other roles. I mean, now I'm open to play anything. I'll play any kind of a role right now, any, anything that shows another side of me. And I've been lucky enough to have a few dramatic roles where my shirt was on <laughs> and there was no fighting. And I got to do a little bit of acting. And I, I really love that. I really love uh, becoming somebody else almost, you know, and um, – yeah, you know, it's 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 just something I find fascinating and I find exhilarating, and uh, it's something I really want to do more of, as well as courting action roles, fighting Tony Ja and and Scott Adkins, and so I'd like to do both, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that I think that's one of the things that I kind of picked up from the the clips that you post on Instagram, uh, the little videos. It's you're you're so into it, and there's a uh, there's some 
photos that you post where you really kind of stretch the role. There was a, a one image where you've got on this kind of cheesy looking mustache and some glasses and it's it's such a departure from uh what initially i thought you would be doing more of the the more superman you know bulky uh bad guy roles that kind of thing so um it looked like uh you're you're doing what you can to kind of stretch yeah well that wasn't exactly the same thing i'm talking about that was a case of working on a thai drama and you get to set and all of a sudden they're sticking a really corny mustache on your face <laughs> and you have uh no choice but to just laugh at it ah, and, okay uh, okay yeah so that wasn't exactly me trying to be a sensitive guy or anything that was just bad costume and wardrobe <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah i just roll with it and enjoy the opportunity i was trying to raised my profile a little bit within within Thailand uh so I did a few Thai dramas last year which will be which will be on air next year and yeah one of them has me actually I'm an assassin in the, in that part and uh oh, cool. later there's a fight scene later on with the star where he rips the mustache off my face so it was sort of a comedic touch is what they were going for with that <laughs> uh, wardrobe there but yeah I found it funny too so everybody else I, I don't mind laughing at myself and poking fun at myself i don't have to look like a super cool tough guy all the time you know oh that's cool now that's cool i, I mean to to be able to bring that attitude to the set i'm sure helps especially with the the variety of roles that you're you're looking to get yeah i mean it's 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 not good to be egotistical it's not <laughs> good to you know just have one image of yourself and demand that you look one way like i said i want to be diverse and i want to be open to doing many different things all right um you uh want to do a quick lightning round Sure. All right. So, um, first question: What's your favorite martial arts move? Wow, I'm not a good person with favorites, favorite food, favorite colors, anything like that. My favorite martial arts move: If I was in a fight, I would rely a lot on just a straight up tie round kick. Sounds good. All right. What's your best basketball shot? The reverse layup. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> if you weren't acting, what would you be doing? Coaching or teaching. Cool. What's harder, basketball or Muay Thai? Definitely Muay Thai. <laughs> uh, what rank are you? Is there a ranking system for Muay Thai right now? I, I'm not. I know nothing about the uh, the discipline. So, uh, how long have you been taking it? Well, I, I started as soon as I got there. It's kind of scaled down in the last few years as I'm I'm 40 years old now. And your body, you know, each time you have a professional fight with some trained fighter, it takes a toll on her body. I have a a fractured ulna from my from my second fight. I still have mm. the metal pin in my arm. So I have four professional fights. I think basically the rank would be normally with the Thai people, they have hundreds of fights under their belt. Oh, wow. You know, so they would just compare their, you know, their wins to losses. And usually a Thai person, a Thai fighter has 100, 200, even up to 300 professional fights. It's a lot of fighting. <laughs> yeah. But they're fighting from maybe eight, nine years old. Right, you know? right, right. And some of the, the legends like Boakao or, or Sanchai will keep fighting into their late 30s. But the, the highest level is, is Ratchetum Nguyen Stadium is, is Lumpini Stadium, where you have very slim, very what Westerners would consider small mm-hmm. people that could just kick and fight and go for days kind of thing. They're, just, they're like machines. Wow. All right. Uh, who hits harder, Michael J. White or uh, Tony Ja? Oh, well... <laughs> Scott Adkins always told me that for his size, Tony Ja has incredible power. I never got an impact from Michael Jai White mm. that I did, like from, from those Tony Ja moves, but Michael Jai White being probably twice the size of Tony Ja would probably prefer to take a hit from Tony than Michael Jai White if I had a, 
a choice. And uh, if you could work with any kung fu legend right now, who would it be? Jet Li, Donnie Yen, uh, Tony Jaa. Nice. That's Bruce cool. Lee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that would be awesome. All right. Cool. So, uh, oh, and and one last question, and I'll, I'll edit out if you get it wrong. But uh, what's your favorite podcast about kung fu martial arts movies? Definitely this one right here, the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. <laughs> you're the man, Owen. You're the man. <laughs> oh, and speaking of oh, your, your, uh, the spelling of your name, E-O-I-N, is that common in Ireland? It's very common in Ireland. It it's it's a, it's it's quite a very common name. No one in Ireland will ever mispronounce it, but mm. it gives me it gives me fits when I'm in, in other countries. I get Ian, I get Ewan, I get Ian, I get everything because it's Gaelic language. You know, right. it's the Irish traditional language eo is o eo sound o in owen yeah for me it's it's normal but it's it gives anybody who's not irish a lot of trouble yeah i actually knew an owen when i was growing up that spelled it that way so it wasn't it didn't throw me um but uh the gaelic language uh, by itself does have some some pretty unique rules uh i know uh Saoirse ronan did a, a bit with uh i think stephen colbert where they put up a bunch of gaelic names and Man, it was it was like some kind of dark magic to try to figure out how you got some of those pronunciations. <laughs> exactly. I don't have the worst one that could be really worth. There's ones like Maeve, M-E-A-D-B-H, yes, or yes. even yeah, Saoirse, Siobhan, S-I-O-B-H-A-N. You know, different combinations of, of letters would, would just make different sounds in, in Gaelic than they would in English. <laughs> yeah, no, it, but... Um, uh, it's a beautiful sounding language. Um, my my wife uh, is part Irish, and she always uh, has wanted to go to Ireland. Um, I, I'm I, I would be happy to head out there. But uh, if if I do go out there, where's what are some places that we would definitely have to visit? Oh well, first of all, you have to come to Dublin to see the capital, mm. to see the culture, to see the city. You know, drink a Guinness, maybe go <laughs> to the Guinness factory. Yeah. There's plenty of castles for you to see. Uh, then. You should also go down south, maybe to County Kerry, to see the beautiful picturesque type, postcard-type Ireland, the rolling hills, the mountains, the cliffs, those kind of things. Cool. Up north, you have the, the Giant's Causeway. It's a very beautiful country. Uh, the only problem is the weather. You can't depend on getting a sunny day. And uh, <laughs> a lot of Irish people say we have we have uh, all seasons in one day. So we have winter, <laughs> summer, snow, and or spring, and, and, and everything in all in one day, you know, so... You can never, you can never really depend on the weather. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to see. And if, if you happen to be in town, I'll, I'll look you up. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But usually, the last uh, nine or so years, I'm just back at Christmas. So yeah, okay, sounds but good. Saying that Christmas is the best time to be here is yeah. Nobody does Christmas like the Irish. They, it's just sort of a special time here. Oh, very cool. All right, and uh, where can my audience go to find out more about you and all of the projects you have going on? Well, you can check out my Instagram, of course. It's uh, at ob1 underscore ig. Uh, you can see me on Facebook at e-o-i-n-o apostrophe b-r-i-e-n. Awesome. All right, and so give me a uh, the a traditional Thai uh, sign-off. You probably heard it before, but uh, Thai people always greet each other with a, a Buddhist uh, Buddhist greeting, which is Sawadee Kap, Jogan Kap. Jogan means see you next time. Jogan. Jogan, Jogan Kap. Jogan Kap. Kap is a, the way to say it politely. It's like saying sir or something like that. It puts uh, politeness in the sentence. Awesome. So, 
Very cool. Uh, Owen O'Brien, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk with me today. And best of luck with all the projects you have going on. Uh, I, I look forward to the short films that you got and uh, hope to see more of your work soon. Thank you very much for having me. I had a great time. Let's talk again soon sometime. Big thanks to Owen O'Brien for spending some time with the show. Very cool guy with a palpable drive and hunger. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of his work as it comes out. If you want to see some of his work, go check out his Instagram at ob1 underscore ig he's very active there and he manages his own content so it's really cool to be able to connect with the guy and his art in the meantime if you enjoyed the chat please send me some feedback on all the socials i'm on twitter at kung fu drive-in instagram at kung fu drive-in podcast facebook email as well so i'd love to hear from you shout out to my castaways who consistently put out some fantastic work in the podcast community Get on Twitter and check out the Castaways hashtag to hear some unique stories from unique voices and just enjoy yourself. This will be the final episode of 2017 and once more, I just want to say thank you to you, all my listeners who keep this show going and growing. Thanks to to all my guests who have shared some of their time with me and brought some amazing stories and perspectives to the show. I'm looking forward to doing some more cool stuff in 2018. So until then, enjoy the holidays with your loved ones and I wish you all a very happy new year. Until next year, Poison Clan, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. On the hands running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless Aida rolling over the land Yeah, the little bitch soldier is old Otherwise, every wants a world of peace Because he doesn't want to fight Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks Guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars, then pass Here the pause Not again, back kicks Will defeat the outlaws Very good, but boards don't hit back Yeah, the death jewels here David is coming back The Tai Chi master Jelly's even faster The channel little drink because he is the drunken master once upon a time in china rosamund kwan is real fine but see maggie show his spine golden swallow has arrived shang chi movies will the hero will survive we've got the brave archer make his way to the top of the mountain gonna fight may as well pick the spot yeah the sky goes black cause the vampire's back we've got lam ching ying to kill them all to so stand back he plays the black magic on the soul of the sword and our sword will travel until his body's on floors yeah wing chun shaolin the man is style yeah defeat the enemy me and watch you run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. 
this time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin slash and blood just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor and the blood It'll splatter against the walls, no fear at all To kill them all, there's always blood spilled When you head into a war, fearless Unleash the fist of legend that they call Jet Lee. I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast. You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumbling the streets. And it's simple, see the facts are these. It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee. Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's war. We smash the place so with a dragon claws. We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting.